Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the West London Sport QPR podcast, where I'm joined as ever by former Rangers striker and captain Kevin Gallant on the back of an excellent and vital three points against informed Bristol City at Ashton Gate. Ilias Chair's first half goal was enough to win the game and once more give the team a chance to clamber out the bottom three this Saturday if they can beat Rotherham and other results go in their favour. The win was much needed following an insipid display at Stoke in one of the most boring matches uh, I've ever seen with Walter Berger's goal on the stroke of half-time, enough to seal victory for the Potters. Had Rangers got something out of that game at the Bet365 Stadium, they would be outside the drop zone now, a place they have resided in since the end of September, which is longer than a Mickey Beal managerial reign. Kevin, a really good win against Bristol City, but it means nothing if they can't back it up on Saturday against a team that are bottom of the table and also nursing the heartbreak of a late defeat at Ipswich on Tuesday. Yeah, no, tremendous result um, against Bristol City, considering um, a poor performance against Stoke a few days before. Um, a lot of fans, and myself included, didn't really expect uh, that result and performance after what we saw on the Wednesday. But fair play um, to the team, to the manager and everyone involved and the supporters who, who turned up in their numbers again. Unbelievable support. Uh, and they got a great win, one nil win, and I, I didn't, I wasn't there, and I didn't get to see it. But from what I've been told, it was a, a really good performance and, and a deserved win. Uh, the game against Stoke, I agree, was very poor, conceding um, again from a set piece, which you know I thought uh, the team has sort of rectified over the last few months, but came back, and it's that all important uh, winning that first contact, that first header in the box, which we did. In, and then, and then uh, Berger goes around the back and gets a, a nice tap in for himself. Other than that, there was you know, I thought it was two very um, poor sides on the night, and 
I don't think Stoke are out of the relegation battle just yet. I think there's a lot to play for. Um, but yeah, the result against Bristol City was very welcoming. And now it's a real tough game against uh, Rotherham on Saturday. And the reason why I always think these games are tough, and you've known over the years what QPR are like when you're expected to win, That's they're the tough games. When the expectation's high, they're the more tougher games. And what I would say is the fans need to be very vocal from the start and get right behind the team. And also the players have got to get the fans right behind them with an early tackle or an early shot to rouse the crowd because the expectation on Saturday is, you know, that we will beat Rotherham. But from what I gather, and I spoke to someone who was at the game, Ipswich for uh, Rotherham on um, Wednesday, was it Tuesday? Tuesday, he said that Rotherham actually put in a really good performance. Very physical team. His words were, if you can match them physically at the start and, uh, you know, the better football team will come out in the end, but they were very unlucky from what I gathered against Ipswich on um, Tuesday. So it's going to be a tough game. Yeah. Now, he, I mean, after that Stoke performance, he, he, he Sefuentes made the changes. Um, Jimmy Dunn came back in, played right back, which under Gareth Angle, he tried that and it was a pretty disastrous, really. But it, it worked against Bristol City. And I think, I think he made that decision, obviously, because set pieces, just to have that extra height in the box, just to try and kind of, you know, stop stop the bleeding, if you like, in terms of conceding goals from from set pieces. Um, and Nina Dykes came back into the side. Now, now we've we've done. Do you should he adopt a horses for courses approach here and leave him in the at right back, or should he take him back out and pour, play Cannon, who's a more natural right back, or are you a believer in like just keeping the winning team that won at Bristol City? Well, I agree. We probably put in. Um, well, I didn't think Cannon had a. I think Cannon had a poor game against Stoke, and maybe thought I'd take him out and change it up a bit. Um, and one of the reasons why, yes, an extra big man in the at the back for set pieces. And look, I can't say how important set pieces are in football. I think you know if you're not playing well, well, Stoke, Stoke, it, whatever what happened at Stoke says it all. Stoke didn't play well. We didn't play well. They score a set piece. They win the three points, and that's that important because you cannot play well. You can't play well. You can't have Illy's chair and you know um, Chris Willock and and the likes are not going to score worldies every week. So sometimes you've got to chip in with a set piece attacking, or, or you've got to be really solid set uh, against set pieces. And we haven't been. So bringing um, Dunn in on Saturday was probably a reason for that. I I would say he will play Dunn again on Saturday. The reason why, because they're a physical team and they will be looking to score um, from set pieces. But also QPR's pitch is not as, and it's quite surprising, but from what I gather and what I was told, QPR played quite deep against Bristol City and sort of tried to hit him on the counter-attack. So we wouldn't, we weren't playing very high up where there was loads of spaces down the sides where we done could get exposed with his lack of mobility a little bit because he is a centre-half. But I think he'll play done on Saturday at right back because the pitch is quite small uh, wide and, and to combat their physicality and to have that extra header in the box for set, for set pieces where we have been vulnerable. Yeah, and uh, the new man, um, Lucas Anderson, so he's set up two goals now in three games. Um, obviously, he's played at a decent level. Looks, you know, quite a nice player. That was a lovely, lovely weighted pass to set up the goal for, um, for Ilias Chair on on Saturday? Yeah, they have to give, you've got to give him credit because um, 
sometimes when players get into that situation and in in that part of the pitch, they sort of just put balls, and and it's not a wrong thing at times, is where you put balls in areas without looking, where you just put it in that sort of corridor between the keeper and the defenders, where this time he actually picked uh, Ilya's chair out with a cutback, which was right onto his feet where he could hit it first time in lovely into the corner. So credit where it's due. Anderson um, picked Dilly's chair out there with a, a good pass and looks to have some, looks to have a good uh, bit of vision and with his head up and he can deliver a ball and he can find people in the box. So hopefully he can continue that on Saturday against Robin because you obviously think you're a new club, you want to get off to a good start and, and he's done that with two assists in three games. Yeah, I mean, you touched on it. It's going to be a very tricky game against Rotherham. If you look at it on paper, QPR should win. But I've seen Rotherham a couple of times this season. I saw him in the game at, up there when it's his first game. And I, I did a game at Fulham um, in the Cup when they were they were awful in that game against Fulham. They made no attempt to try and win the game. But you have to look at some of their more recent results. So hugely unlucky not to get something at um, Ipswich losing 4-3 and... You know, Hull were going one at the minute. They were leading them 1-0 until about 15 minutes from the end. And I think they got a draw at Middlesbrough as well. But we're not too far away. And they haven't won away from home this season. So there's all these kind of red flags about what could happen. Um, I mean, I guess from a Rangers point of view, you don't want to be the game like the Huddersfield match where it was flat and it was the team never got going and there was a big expectant crowd thinking we'll just turn up and win this game. When you were a player... You would have been in plenty of these kind of games. I'm thinking particularly in that year when the, the team went up under Ian Holloway, where I, I think every game we I haven't keep you lost at home that season, but there must have been games where the crowd were turning up, thinking we're just going to turn up and win now. And it, it doesn't always go a plan. What, how, how do you approach it as a player? Well, that well that season were was were we did it the players sort of we were up there and we we were challenging. And got promotion in the end, but because we were up there and we needed to win, it's, it's it's quite a similar situation where QPR now sort of need to win, you know, your home games if you want to stack out where we needed to win to go up. Um, we, but <laughs> it's a little bit easier when you're sort of up there because you're full of confidence anyway. Your confidence is high. Um, but we, yeah, we used to go into the games and, and and it was like it was always have a fast start, get going really quickly. Get the ball forward in the first 10 minutes as quickly as possible. Chase them down, get tight, make tackles, get the crowd on your side. And it's so important where, you know, sometimes I, I've said it before, do the crowd get the players going or the players get the the team get the, the crowd going? And it's a bit of both. Sometimes the crowd can be flat. Now, the reason why, you know, the Huddersfield game has been flat, it was a Sunday, it's a TV game. They're, they're not great sort of days, are they? Where, you know, Saturday, three o'clock. That's, that's football time, isn't it? And you can always sort of tell. And it's, the crowd's been to, you know, been socialising before the game and a little bit rowdier, which is good thing for the players because you always want that atmosphere. And that's why I always loved, um, you know, QPR under lights in, uh, in midweek games. I used to love playing at that time of day, at that time of the evening as well. But you've got to get the crowd going. You've got to start fast, aggressive, and if QPR can do that. And I always say, if you score the first goal in the championship or any 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 league, you've got a really good chance of winning. And and you, you've, I think the stats say you rarely, it's, it's a bit, it's a very low percentage that you lose that game. So first goal is so important in, in football matches in, in the championship. And if QPR can get that first goal, um, 
think we've got a real good chance of winning that game. But got to start fast, aggressive, get the crowd on side, put the ball in the box, make tackles, you know, win. And it was always a case of when the change, you win your personal battles. You know, if I'm a centre forward against a centre half, if I've got I've got to win my battles against him, centre half, you know, the midfielders. And if you come on, if you average coming on top of, you know, say you win seven out of your eleven battles, you should win that match. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I will say I talked to someone the other day, and sort of, sort of all my my football support in life really um, QPR rather than trying to go up or trying to stay up. And I don't. I mean, the game against Rotherham sold out on Saturday. I don't. I don't think I can ever recall a game against Rotherham being sold out at Loftus Road. They're, they're usually midweek games or sort of mid sort of season games. There's not much riding on it, and it's always a bit flat. You know, the crowds about sort of twelve, thirteen thousand. They don't bring many down. It's all a bit. I mean, but to sell it out. I mean, you've got to give credit to you know Rangers fans. I mean, I was talking to someone at Millwall because I did the Millwall uh, pressing uh, Millwall Sheffield Wednesday game on, on Saturday, and someone at Millwall said that QPR they'll stay up, and you sort of say, well, you know, he's saying, uh, you can tell at QPR the crowd are behind the team, the players are playing for the manager. Millwall haven't got that. I mean, it's still a long way to go, but I think. It does feel you know you got a very difficult march coming up, but it does feel like there is a kind of that Stoke performance perhaps was an outlier of in, in amongst some, some some decent performances in in the last sort of five weeks. Yeah, I think the fact that the crowd, considering considering what's what's been shown on the pitch, especially at home in the last eighteen months, where you know how many wins has it been? You probably know three or four in you know, eighteen months. So the crowd at home and away has been superb and they have really got behind the team. Now, regarding Millwall, who are just above us, they've got a new manager in. That will buoy their crowds. They will get behind it. They will, they will try and go back to sort of old Millwall style of get the ball in the box, put have runners and and, and, and basically have a fight, which that's what Millwall will do and they're good at it and they will go back to that. Um but we have got a massive opportunity of getting out of the bottom three. We've got Rotherham. They've got Southampton away. You know, if you're a betting man, you'd think that um, that we would be uh, in the out of the bottom three on Saturday. doesn't always work like that. We have to do what we have to do and don't rely on other clubs. But I know everyone's just sort of looking over their shoulders or looking in front of them. And if we win this, we win that. And I understand that because everyone does it. Even when you're a player, you do it as well. But you really have to focus as a football player, on the performance, you know, on um, on Saturday. If you focus on your performances and you have good performances, usually you win more 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 games. But you know, I, I I think I think there's a long way to go. There's a long way long way to yeah. go. We got Rotherham and then a real tough game against Leicester. And I'm getting ahead of myself. So this Rotherham game is really vital. Yeah, I mean it's Leicester and then it's um, home game against West Brom and. And uh, Middlesbrough, so you know, really tough games. But but just looking at you know the fixtures elsewhere in the in the championship on at the weekend, it's um, you know there's a lot of teams still down there, aren't there? I mean, Swansea, they they have to go to a uh, um, Sunderland. They're right in the mire. Swansea, that'll be a, you know I think there'll be a bit of relief at Sunderland that they you know got rid of the manager there. And, and then you have Sheffield Wednesday take on Bristol City with smiling from losing to QPR. Watford are away to Huddersfield. It's 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 a real golden opportunity for QPR and. You know that they have to take this. They have to really have to take this. Um, but do you? Really? Uh, it's, it's vital. It's vital. Yeah. They're all vital. But this is this is 
because of, of the great performance and win against Bristol City, everyone's you know very um, optimistic for Saturday. Yeah, cool. And um, I mean, QPR released their finances this week. I'm not going to touch too much onto this, except uh, it all seems very deja vu to me. QPR lose a lot of money. Um, the owners have made mistakes and are paying for it now. And um, yeah, that's about it, really. Uh, move on. <laughs> it's, um... the thing about that, well, we know where they're losing money. and But the main thing, and I don't understand, you might be able to tell us or the people, are we, the main thing what everyone is, is wants to know, are we in breach of FFP or whatever it's called? Are we, are we okay or what, what the situation is? Does anyone um, know is it all when we are we okay? The last thing you need is getting points deductions. Yeah, I think I, I think it from what I'm understanding, it's it's a bit touch and go. But I mean you there's a lot of disallowables you can make in the losses, um, what you put in the academy, infrastructure costs, the training ground, that kind of thing. And um I mean ironically, I read from somewhere that um someone knows a lot more about these things than I do, is a lot more intelligent about financial sheets and records and that that um ironically what might get keep you over the line is the uh the money they receive for bill going to glasgow rangers the compensation as a that that might be enough to keep them over the line so the the, the irony of that if it is true is, is kind of delicious really it's um um but i mean it's just a case of just, just stay up this year stay up this year but the the, the question is there's a lot of we say this every year, questions need to be asked and things need to be done better, but it's the final year of the FFP window. You've got next season, you can start again and kind of allocate some funds towards the playing squad and then players going, players leaving and selling players. But And also next year, the income streams in the, the championship increase, TV money goes up. So it's really important to keep your ass day up. It's it kind of, you know, it, it has to happen. And I think you're considering, it's such a long way to go, but considering where they were, Back in, they've been in the relegation zone since the, the last week in September. You know, and they were like six points adrift with a hugely inferior goal difference. So to be a kind of a point outside of it now, it's it's you know to climb out of it. I mean, I think psychologically it'd be a huge step just to kind of not just for the players. I think supporters and everyone with the club, you sort of see a little bit of um, daylight, I guess. And then you've got the other clubs looking down upon you who, who are kind of mid-table and now being sucked into it. And um, yeah, I mean, but as a player and manager, do you? They all say they don't look at the table; they take it game by game. But that's all rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it just—I always say it's like we, we when we lost against Stoke, everyone say, "Oh, that's it, we're down." And I'm like, "Well, you know, things can change very quickly in football. You win a match, you win two games on the spin, and it's like, whoa, do you know what I mean? It's like it, it's just." I know it's boring, but just concentrate on this one. Try and get three. Well, try your best to get three points, and then you just look forward. To, you look towards the next one, and you have to. You have to sort of look at it that way because you lose again. Look, we lose against Rotherham on 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 Saturday, and Mill will lose against Southampton. We're just in the same position a week a week a week later. So it ain't it. It, it will feel like the end of the world, but it's not. There's so much much points to play for, and so much to yeah. do, and if we win on Saturday, are we safe? No. If we lose, are we down? No. Because there's so many 
points to play for. Yeah, indeed. Okay, so I mean, Rotherham, what, what are you thinking? How, how do you see this one going? Well, I think it's, it, on paper it looks a little easier than what it is. I think it's going to be a tricky game. But I, I just think maybe the momentum and, and trying to be optimistic, I think we'll win. I think we could win 2-1. But I think it's going to be a tough, tough game. A lot harder um, than what people think just because of their position. They're, they're fine for their lives. They probably think if they don't win this game, that's them done. Because they're, they're, I mean, they're, they're so far adrift. So mm. they're probably thinking this is our last chance. So they'll be going all guns. And, and even though they lost against Ipswich, I'm sure their manager will be trying to motivate them and say, look, you just played one of the you know um, teams that are trying their best, are up there for the whole season to get into the premiership and you, you put in a really good performance. Now you need to do it again. And uh, that's what his team talk will be. And I think it's going to be a tough, tough game. Uh, crowd need to really get behind the team. The team needs to start fast, aggressive and really go for it in the first 10 minutes and hopefully get an early goal and settle everything down. But it's been a tough game. But I think QPR 2-1. Yeah, I think it's. Um, I do agree with that. It's. I mean, they haven't beaten the, the record against Rotherham in recent years at home. Hasn't been great. I mean, I do remember. I think it may be one of McLaren's last ever games. They got turned over two-one in a night game by Rotherham in a really flat atmosphere. It was an awful game, and um, and last season was a one-all draw at home, and they kind of, you know, passed it around and moved it around, but like. You know, couldn't break them down, and that's my worry. That the longer it goes without a goal, the crowd's going to get a bit restless, and they'll sit yeah. deep. And you know, they got nothing we, to lose, really, Rotherham. Yeah, got, they got nothing to lose. But the thing at the moment, QPR, if everyone's fit, they, the manager can actually look round them. Whoever he starts up front, he's got options from the bench. You know, he's sling on the the big man for the last. 15, 20 minutes obviously doesn't look match fit at the moment. But for 15, 20 minutes, if you need a goal, put the ball in, in the box. He's he's a handful just due to his, uh, the size of the size of the man. So, you know, if he, he won't start, but whether he starts Dykes or um, Armstrong, be interesting. Will he start uh, Armstrong maybe to, you know, wear them down a little bit with his power and pace and tire them out and then bring on fry for the last 20 minutes when you if you need him so we, what i'm saying is he's got some he's got options striker wise off the from the bench now where before you'd be looking the manager would be looking and saying well plan b ain't better than plan a plan b ain't going to change anything more than what i've got on the pitch so at least at least the bench is stronger yeah he took um he took armstrong out the firing line literally um on Saturday, I know we were talking off sort of privately, and I think you suggested maybe you should give him a rest for the, the Bristol City game. Um, I thought he was excellent actually against Norwich, that I thought was probably his best ever game. Um, the way he's holding the ball up, the way he was linking play, he was sort of you know showing a side of his game he wasn't early in the season. But I mean, that's good sometimes, isn't it? Just take a young player and just kind of leave him on the bench, don't bring him on, just kind of keep him hungry. Yeah, no, I think yeah, and, and it's not 
not physically demanding for, for him because it's also mentally demanding. And when you're a striker, you um, I, I've, I always, I've always maintained it's, like, it's probably the toughest position on the pitch because you have to be mentally strong because you can lose confidence very quickly. And you could be playing really well, but you know you miss a chance, and then you feel you feel like the world's on your shoulders because you miss that chance. On another day, you might score, but on that, that particular day, you miss. The crowd can get on your back. So mentally, it's a very draining position because you can make runs after runs. You can make twenty runs across the near post during a game, and the ball goes over your head. Or you know what I mean? You make a run to the back post, and it goes near post, and and things like that. So it's a very mentally um, tough position to play because, you know, like it's the most rewarding because if you score, you're the hero. But if you don't, you're a little bit of the villain. So, you know, mentally for Sinclair Armstrong, taking him out for a game, watching it, he probably was watching it from the bench thinking, you know, there's nothing better than being at a football match and watching and thinking uh, and looking at, you know, I, I would have made that run or I would have done this and sort of analysing your own game while watching the game in front of you. So I bet you he, he'll be raring to go this Saturday or, or, you know, maybe they might be saving it for Leicester City away because mm. it looks like Leicester City away, they're going to have a lot of possession. We're going to have to hit him on the counter-attack. And Sinclair Armstrong has got that power and pace to run in behind and get hold of the ball in 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 and stretch the opposition defence on the counter-attack and, and get the team to support him. So we'll see. But I'm sure he'll play some part on Saturday. Yeah. Get back in. But I wouldn't be surprised. I'm looking a bit forward for the Leicester, but maybe the Leicester game might be where, you know, counter-attack he might play. Yeah. And um, I think a word just for the two centre-backs as well. I think Cook and Clark Salter have been very solid as a pairing. You know, they've played together sort of, I think it's 10 games in a row now. And I think Rangers' better performances have coincided with just having a, a settled centre-back pairing. Yeah, that's so important. Um, it's so important because, uh, what, and they've done really well. Um, Hook's got the experience and so has uh, Clark Sawyer's has got some good experience. And we all know Clark Sawyer's a good player. He's just need to keep him fit. I mean, that's always been his problem is his is fitness. So, you know, um, those two together, a left foot on the left side of the centre half, a right foot, good balance. Both can defend. Steve Cook is a, a natural, experienced defender, knows how to pick up good positions, good positional play, good leader. Jake Southcourt has got a good pace, good left foot, knows the game as well. So it's a good pairing at the moment. And that is vital that they keep that pairing fit. For the rest of the season 100 agree right um i'm gonna go for 3-1 qpr saturday to beat rotherham i think um score an early goal another one before half time and then just kind of um keep the the sellout crowd happy and um climb out the bottom three but um and uh but just a word on Millwall. just i know we're going very off how big a difference do you think that will make to them changing the manager um, at well, I, the I, 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 I really did believe they would. If they hadn't, they would. They, I, we would finish above them. I really believe that. I still think we'll finish above them, but I think they'll have a bit more fight, and they'll go back to the old Millwall of 
you know, more direct, a bit more fight, get the crowd behind them. And um, I think they'll be, they will be better than what they were because they were playing a style of football that was not suited to the players they had and not suited to the way that Millwall is as a football club. And, you know, you got one thing as Millwall, one thing Millwall is, is, you know, it's an intimidating place when they, when they got the crowd on their side and they didn't have the crowd on their side, but they probably will now. Mm. Stuff. Right. Okay, Kev. Well, thanks very much for your time and um, thanks for joining us and um, we shall see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 